I'm Brian Ochia. And I'm Chris Lucky. And we're from the For Film Sake podcast. And you're listening to The Empire Geeks Back on SoundCloud and iTunes. What's up, everybody? Welcome the fuck back to the Empire Geeks Back podcast. God damn it, I am so thrilled to be back doing this. It has been a long time since our last episode. It is shit. It has been over a year at this point. Um, There's been a long, long hiatus. I'm not going to go into the details, except just life happened. Life happened. The life got in the way. Um, It stopped things from moving along, but god damn it, we're fucking back. We're fucking back. We're coming on strong. So, from me to you all, let me proudly say, what's up everybody? Welcome to the Empire Geeks Back podcast, the official podcast of the Facebook community, the Empire Geeks Back, where we talk comics, TV, movies, games, toys, and all that other geeky shit that you guys love, and we love to talk about. My name is Rob, back at you with my new co-host for this episode, and hopefully future episodes as well, Skylar Godwin, cosplay artist herself. Welcome to the show, Skylar. Hey guys, I'm so happy to be on this podcast with Rob today. Yeah, this uh, should hopefully be a good one. Um, <clears throat> so I want to introduce you a little bit to everybody who's listening as you're dropping shit everywhere because <laughs> you're clumsy as fuck. <laughs> um, but introduce yourself. So uh, tell everybody a little bit um, who you are, what you do. Uh, like I mentioned, you, you're a cosplayer. Um, give people a little bit of feedback. Let them know who you are. Um. So yeah, I I work at a comic book shop. I have you been give, give cosplaying. A, give a shout out to the shop. Oh yeah, Ultimate Comics. Yay! You usually find me uh, there most days. Uh, I also do cosplay for conventions on weekends. Um, I've been cosplaying now for a couple years. Um, other than that, I'm a huge video game nerd. I hope I start to do some streaming soon, so mm-hmm. looking forward to that as well as continuing to be on the podcast with you. What, uh, what are some of the cosplays you like to do? Um, well, I'm more commonly known as doing Lady Deadpool and Jean Grey, Dark Phoenix. Do you have any more on the, uh, on the horizon, stuff you're working on? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I'm hoping to get a Daenerys Targaryen done oh, right soon. On. Uh, Game of Thrones, huge fan. Um, as well as hopefully an X-23, because I really loved when they brought her in and gave her the golden blue costume like Wolverine wore. Ah, uh, the all new Wolverine. Yes, right. yes. If you could have a, um, and I apologize to everybody about my voice, I may be clearing it a few times. <clears throat> if you could pick like a, a dream cosplay, what oh. would, what would yours be? Oh man, that's really hard. Um, I think I would love to do something with armor because I see some amazing World of Warcraft cosplayers out there that do full on armor, the helmet and everything. So I would really love to either do something World of Warcraft okay, or either even Skyrim. I'm a huge Elder Scrolls fan and I've always wanted to do something with just a full suit of armor and express my fantasy nerd a little bit more. Okay, that sounds like that sounds pretty cool. Well, we're happy to have you on the show. You know, hopefully we can have some good conversations. And of course, we're going to bring in other other uh, other people as well. I've had a few local people, uh, local game streamer uh, Trash Panda has expressed <laughs> yeah. interest that he wants to come on and and uh, and do a, a few spots. Um, I'd like to bring in old uh, an old guest host we had uh billy parker i'd like to bring him on at some point too yeah billy um and uh maybe even some people who are like in the local industry uh i'm we're located now in raleigh north carolina and there's a fairly decent sized comic book world out here as far as like an industry people in the industry um i've met writers and artists who work for who either do work or have worked for Marvel and DC that live in this area. Hopefully we can get some interviews going on. That would be fantastic. Um, With this podcast, 
uh, we used to, anybody who did listen to us previously, and if you're listening to us now for the first time, we used to do it on a weekly basis. Might not be weekly right off the bat as we're getting the gears turning again. Might be bi-weekly, maybe monthly, um, until we get things rolling a little bit more smoother, and then we'll introduce more content to you guys. I'd like to go back to weekly basis if possible. Um, so I'm going to try my best to stick bi-weekly now. I think bi-weekly will be good. Uh, I don't think we need to have that much of a gap between episodes, and uh, we can get things going. Um, okay, guys, so let's, uh, you know what? Like I said, Skylar, it's great to have you on. Um, I, I think this is going to be some good stuff. And uh, let's move on to, of course, the next segment of every episode, the news. All right, guys. So the news uh, going on. There's a NC, uh, NC uh, New York Comic Con happened right. recently. Yeah. Uh, that's actually it's wrapping up today. It, it's it's the Sunday of New York Comic Con that is done. Um, so a lot of like, well, maybe not a lot, lot, but there's been some trailer news and things like that right. coming out, newer stuff coming. And uh, you're gonna... uh, oh, I, I heard when I was at the comic book shop that uh, some of the attendees of the New York Comic Con got to uh-huh. see the thir- first 35 minutes of the new Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, did they? Yeah, so I feel like that was a really big chunk of uh, the movie. So that's that's a not... lot to show up yeah, 30 minutes. Yeah, it's a minutes. lot. Um, so they got to... Some people got to have an exclusive viewing of that. I mean, I'm pretty excited about it. It looks, I love the art style and animation, so mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to that. And I, I like how they uh, did Spider-Gwen for that. Yeah, so the tra- I really love the their trailer style. looks really interesting. Yeah. Um, they changed her look slightly. Not yeah. not enough to like really, like you know, really make too much of a difference, but I feel like they made her a little edgier. I love the edgy. I love it. <laughs> And uh, so, so oh, that's interesting. I didn't know they were doing that. But they did uh, also show a teaser trailer that on the uh, DC Direct app that's out now that you can mm-hmm. log on and sign on and get an account for, which I do not have. And I don't know if I would pay the money for it personally, except for maybe Young Justice Season 3 because I really want to see Season 3 right. so badly. Right. And are they doing like a Harley Quinn or something? That's what I was going to yeah. bring up. So yeah. they, they released a little bit of a teaser of a Harley Quinn animated series where Harley is being voiced by Kelly Cuoco, who most people may know her from um, uh, Big Bang Theory. Right. So uh, if you haven't had a chance, you can actually find the link either on YouTube or go to the Facebook community itself and find find the link there to the trailer. It looks like it has some promise to it. Um, I know you yourself, you're not a huge Harley Quinn fan. No, but I watched it, and I really liked... uh... I don't know, like, Harley kind of had a little more more spunk to her, mm-hmm. and I liked how just Batman popped in randomly, and she's like, everybody except for you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Which, like, she's like... It'll be interesting, too, because yeah. also, uh, it seems to be like Poison Ivy might be, like, I don't know about her sidekick, but might be, like, the, the antithesis. Anti- anti- I'm not really sure, but, like, I... One thing that really, I guess, made me happy about Poison Ivy, I don't know why for me, but she... Kind of like was I don't know why, but she reminded me a little bit of Raven. She was like oh, you know, just like, like more serious. She, she was very like, serious. While yeah. like Harley, she's just kind of you know yeah. whimsical almost in a way. I agree. Yeah, I agree. So I mean, it, it's I it, it seems to be in the vein of the Harley from the original Batman the animated series too. Right. So we'll see. And honestly, if they could just bring back. I mean, I don't think I don't know if they're gonna have big parts in there or not. But if you can bring back Mark Hamill for Joker and oh, Kevin no. Conroy yeah, for that Batman, would, that would be amazing. I would be, I'd be sold on it. I may pay the money for DC for DC's app then, just to yeah. watch that, or I'll just wait till it gets released on DVD, right? And yeah. get it that way. Um, a, other, a couple other trailers. Uh, Aquaman has an extended trailer, Ooh. um, which is a lot of. It's five minutes long. It's a lot of footage. Mm-hmm. However. You get a really clear look at Black Manta, who, needless to say, is one of the goofiest looking characters ever created mm-hmm. in a comic book. But if they didn't make it, oh, shit! It, they made him look badass, right? Like, and it's like it kind of mm-hmm. works. Like even the his, the suit he wears, the battle tech that he kind of has on, it looks really good. It works really well. I mean, please do yourself a favor. Check out the trailer. You get to see Aquaman in an. Uh, Jason Momoa in a uh, 
a armored version of the classic orange shirt, green mm-hmm. gloves, and green pants. It looks really good, too. Yeah, trust me. I'm not a big, I would say, Aquaman fan because I've never really like delved into the comics yeah neither have i Uh, but i i'm really i'm really pumped about this new this new movie coming out because i don't know like it kind of sucked me in a little bit when i saw the trailer and just saw like how well they did everything it looks it i want to see it it looks great and i was really hesitant about jason momoa now i i when i saw him in uh justice league which Mm -hmm. you haven't seen yet but we're going to rectify that later (laughs) um I was just like, all right, they're kind of giving like an almost surfer vibe, yeah. uh, drunken sailor almost yeah. thing with him. I'm like, this could be fun. <laughs> he was one of my favorite parts of Justice League. So, and what I've seen from this new trailer and everything too, it looks like he's really kind of embraced the role. And it, it right. feels like he's having fun with it. So, honestly, I mean, Shazam looks like it's, it's going to be interesting, but this is the first DC movie since... The Dark Knight that I've been like, I want to see that. Like right. I'm like really genuinely like pumped about this and of Aquaman of all characters, right? Which is really just no, mind blowing. Yeah, I could definitely understand that because even when they did the Superman and Batman versus Superman, I'm like, uh, this is not so great. I'm not really excited no, about this. Not at all. And then like when I saw Aquaman, I was like, hey, this isn't half bad. No, so. it really, it really, and it really, really wasn't. Um. <clears throat> the, so yeah I would say definitely check it out if you haven't had a chance to check it out please do uh, it's it looks pretty damn good and, and I'm going to leave it at that um, so uh, I do have one more piece of news I don't have a lot of news to cover because I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie I didn't have a, a lot of homework that I did personally if you have more news you can chime in please feel well, free yeah I definitely want to discuss Star Phoenix with you because oh, we haven't had a to talk about it <laughs> And Thank I you for saying that. and you know, as you know, I cosplay Jean Grey. Yes, you so do. Specifically, huge, Dark Phoenix. Version. I'm a huge Dark. Yeah, so Phoenix let's talk fan. about that trailer a little bit. So, so uh, please begin. Okay, so I know a lot of people uh, that I have seen online have mm-hmm. been saying, "Oh my gosh, this is just a regurgitated Last Stand." There but, are a lot of similar. I mean, a lot of similar elements. But to it. because I'm, I'm just going to say this. Whatever, but uh, I'm a huge X-Men fan, so I'm still giving it a chance because I love Days of Future Past. I admit that, uh, what is it, uh, X-Men Apocalypse that or was, whatever. That was that, a dumpster fire. That, that, I did not really like that at all. Like, I'm not going to lie to you, but at the same time, I'm still willing to give it a chance because um, I really liked the amount of emotion that they really, um, what's her name? Like Sansa Stark. Uh, oh, um, Sophia Turner. Yeah, I really like how like how much emotion she displayed during the trailer. Mm-hmm. And again, I know it's a first look. It's not, you know, a lot of people sometimes aren't sold on a first viewing of anything. Um, but I'm willing to give it a chance. It does come out uh, February of this upcoming year, I believe on Valentine's Day. Yeah, I think so, yeah. So, um, but yeah, I'm really excited about that. I really love, there's a quote in it that, um, was it Michael Fassbender says, who plays Magneto, mm-hmm. he says she's all uh, rage, passion, and basically he was giving that a nod to the comic book reference that where they talk about like how she is just the dark phoenix is those mm. emotions those she <clears throat> she turns on those emotions in Jean Grey where it's just all rage it's just that's who she like Look, I'll agree with you on that part. However, it doesn't it seems like they're still doing the same shit that's like, "Oh, this is something been, that's been inside Jean since she was a kid and Professor mm-hmm. X locked it away." Right. That's not the fucking phoenix. Right. Like, they have a chance to actually fix it, and it's like they still just don't seem to give a shit. They're still just doing it. Now, I gra- now granted, they're going to introduce a little bit more outer space shit into it. Right. Uh, because at least Jessica Chastain is being rumored to play Lalandra of the Shi'ar. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that's actually going to happen or not. Right. But at the same time, the phoenix is a cosmic force. It's not right. a manifestation of Jean Grey. Um, so... In that regard, I'm a little annoyed by it. 
I will say, however, Fastbender does say as Magneto a great line, and I'm, it's not verbatim, but something along the lines of he says to Charles, he says, you come on in here every time that something like this happens, make a speech and expect everybody to be okay. Right. And I was like, that was kind of funny because it, it throws back to all the previous movies. It's just mm-hmm. like Xavier doing that. Now, I got to admit, First Class was the last, and I'm not counting Deadpool or anything like that. First Class was the last X-Men movie I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. I did not like Jay's The Future Past. I like I liked parts of it. Yeah. But as a whole, did not like it. Like I said, Apocalypse was a complete fucking dumpster fire. I don't have a lot of hope for this. And allegedly, this is the last X-related Fox film that's coming out before the uh, Disney-Fox merger becomes... Right. Solidified. Um, which is, it is complete, but you know, they have to wait a certain, until a certain time before they do that. Well, just as a friend told me, who also runs a comic book shop, he was telling me about how he didn't like Last Stand, but he said at the same time... Oh, Last Stand sucked. Last Stand under- sucked because... At least in my opinion, they took three large storylines and tried to mash them into well, two hours. Well, here is what he said. He said, "You know, I don't expect any movie to be perfect, like yeah. involving the Dark Phoenix saga." He said because there is so much to cover in such a short span of time, like like you were saying about was it Shiar and like the things like that. Like, I mean, how are you going to cover all that, and how are you going to explain that right. to an audience who may have no, never need, read the and comics? You, and you need to do something like that. You need to do in the span of like at least two movies, right? If not three. Yeah, and it's a lot. And I, you know, and I, I, I don't know. I have hope for it. I don't know if it will be good. I will still go see it no matter what. I guess and, I'm still just trying to understand the time jumps because first class takes place in the '60s, right? Days of Future Past in the 70s, Apocalypse in the 80s, and now this is in the 90s, and it doesn't seem like... First of all, like, I don't really care much about these younger actors playing about these characters. Like, Fassbender and, sure, McAvoy, yeah, they're, they, they're fine. To me. Honestly, <laughs> I'm a little tired of uh, Katniss Everdeen, uh, I can't remember, Jennifer Lawrence, playing Mystique. I'm a little tired of her yeah. at this point, um, because Mystique, to me, should be this manipulative evil oh yeah definitely person not definitely i'm an x-man uh, and that always kind of bothered me from the get-go and again this is me coming as a comic book fan not even anything else beside that right um and like i said i i talked to somebody i had a customer come in my in the store the other day uh ultimate comics in raleigh and you know he was talking about how a lot of people you know pick comic book movies apart and And I, you know, and again, I understand that they're not going to be completely accurate to the comics. I'm still willing to give it a shot. And I know I understand about the whole Mystique thing because I was a little confused when they made her a good guy. Mm -hmm. Especially when she started as a villain in the first few movies, too. Right, when they revamped her. And I was like, oh, is she good? Like, is she going to, like, turn around and be bad? You know, and we kind of saw a little bit of that. A little bit of Days of Future Past. Just a little bit. It wasn't even Days of Future Past. It was, uh, uh, what is it? What was the one before that? Uh, first class? First class? Yeah, because remember she traded places. She went with uh, Magneto. Oh, yeah, that's so, right. Yeah, 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 so, I mean, I, so we saw a little bit of that. She seemed a little torn, a little bit of a conflicted character due to lack of uh, acceptance from Charles, someone she seemed to really have feelings for and things like that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, um, I feel that there are some gaps within the X-Men universe. Oh, absolutely. And they, they tried... don't give a shit about continuity. <laughs> well, they tried to fill them, I feel like, but in a very confusing way. Because if you don't, if you remember in uh, The Wolverine, when he gets off the plane, you know, he's been in Japan and things like that, and Charles is like, you're not the only one with gifts. And we're like, we thought you were dead. Yeah. Like, why are you here? Yeah, like, and then we get a time jump to uh, Logan, which is supposed to be old man Logan. Well, uh, so, <laughs> don't, 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 get that, don't get that mixed up. But anyway, we, well, we won't touch. They said that they touched on a little bit. It's supposed little, to be. Yeah. Very little. Well, they said that's what they went with. But again, I know it doesn't stick with the whole truth with the Absolutely comics not. and things like that. Either way... I mean, let's be real. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pay them to see the movie. So Obviously, because we'll, we'll, we'll we have to, go. We'll, we'll have to, we have to go. We'll have to go, and we'll have to review it. I'm sure. Um, well, for those of you that may be disappointed about losing your childhood when Toys R Us went away, I know I was. When Toys R Us went away, it, it there was part of me that just got really sad because that was Toys R Us is my childhood. Um, I was never well off by any means growing up so my mom would sometimes 
reward my brother and I by taking us to Toys R Us, not to buy anything. <laughs> simply shopping. to Simply to window shop. But goddammit, if my brother and I didn't love it. However, get happy because apparently Toys R Us is coming back. They decided to whoop, whoop. cancel their bankruptcy option. And they're coming back, but they're not going to be called Toys R Us anymore. What is this supposed to be? They're going to be called Jeffrey's Toy Box. Interesting. So that's, I mean, it's still Toys R Us. Just, they're rebranding everything. Jeffrey the Giraffe still staying their mascot. They're just doing something new. And I'm wondering if they're going to go on a smaller scale as far as store size and maybe go the KB Toys route. Maybe. I would love to see that because, um, honestly, uh, the closest Toys R Us for me growing up in the town that I lived in was 30 minutes away. Mm. So it was a very rare, rare occasion that I got to go to Toys R Us, but I did have a KB Toys in the mall mm. next to an arcade. Okay. Um, so I got to go there and check that out, uh, go to KB Toys a lot, pick out a game or pick out a wolverine action figure mm. <laughs> i still have some of those nice. <laughs> so well so we'll see what happens with that uh final piece of news before we move on to the main topic uh sad news unfortunately i hate whenever we have to go ahead and talk about this on the podcast but walking dead actor scott wilson who is better off known as playing herschel um died at 76 mm. uh not a bad life to live if you can live 76 years old um especially with so many wonderful creative people dying much younger than that um but uh i will say as much as i was i I was i lost interest in the show in the last two seasons herschel was one of my favorite characters and so uh it's it's sad to see him go uh condolences to his family um hope everything works out well and you guys are able to recover from all of that all right guys well that does it for the news for this episode uh remember as always if there's anything we didn't mention drop it in on the community uh let us know maybe we'll talk about it next episode as well all right guys well that does it for that let's move on to the main topic Alright guys, so main topic of this episode, we're going to start off with a review right off the bat. And it's not even because reviews are easy, it's just because it just coincided with the return of this. <laughs> Venom dropped this weekend, we went and saw it, I have a lot of feelings about it, <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts about it. Um, let's talk about, before we talk about our opinions of it and what we thought, what worked, what didn't work... And this is your first time here for a review. So that's basically, basically what the way a review works, and for everybody listening, too. Uh, we're just going to talk about the movie as a whole, just kind of run through the basic synopsis. So, uh, three, two, one, spoilers coming at you all throughout. I'm not even going to apologize for it, so don't worry about censoring yourself. Like, I can't say that. We, we've already warned you. Spoilers. It's going to happen. Um, we're not going to spoil the whole movie, but there definitely will be parts that get spoiled. So if you don't want to know what the hell happened... Uh, turn off the podcast at this point, go watch it, come back and rejoin us, and then we'll talk about it. So, uh, Venom, Sony Pictures, not part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, don't know if it ever will be, uh, stars Tom Hardy, yeah, um... So basically, the way the movie breaks down, there is, first of all, I'm going to, and I'm going to talk about this. There is no connection to Spider-Man, which is, well, okay, I I take that back. There is a very minimal connection to Mm Spider-Man. It definitely takes place in the Spider-Man universe, but the Spider-Man himself, the connection is so few and far between that you don't even get it, which is kind of disappointing to me because... It had been reported that Tom Holland went and filmed for like three or four days. And I guess they just never used it. So, I'm going to chime in there. Okay. Because I talked, again, at the comic book shop the other day. That's what we do. We just talk about movies and comics. Right. Um, so, apparently, there was about 30 to 40 minutes that was cut out of the movie. Right. Um, Tom Hardy talked about it and said, basically, they just decided not to add it in. Um, and also, I know a lot of people had a lot to say about it remaining a PG-13 movie, whereas opposed to it being a rated R movie, which they have done with not only Logan, 
but w- they have also done that with Deadpool. I will say this. There's a PG-13 cut of Deadpool 2, by the way, coming out in in, Interesting. in, uh, in the winter. But anyway, I will say this. It works as a PG-13 movie. Right. But the reason why, reportedly, that it was keep it was kept, excuse me, PG-13 was because they are going to have a tie-in with Tom Holland and they do want to keep it. They're, yeah, so the, the report... They want to keep it family-friendly. Well, the report for that was is that they wanted to do a PG-13 is that so the door could be open to connect right, to the MCU. Yeah. Not that it necessarily will. Um, which, I um, look, basically, here's the, the, the gist of the story. Your classic version of Spider-Man, of how Venom becomes Venom, is not this movie. Uh, they took more from the Planet of the Symbiote storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, they took a lot from Separation Anxiety, uh, which is a five-issue series that Venom had. Um, a lot of different elements, but they definitely decided to give its own spin on it. In this movie, uh, the symbiotes were found from a, uh, a meteor, basically, or asteroid that's right. floating through space that got sent out by this, by this organization called the Life Foundation, and they went ahead and found life forms on this thing, took samples back to bring them back. They bring back four in, in particular. Uh, when the ship crash lands, one of them escapes, bonds with a nearby human uh, paramedic, mm-hmm. and kind of goes in their own way. Right. Uh, the other three are still kept in captivity and then brought in for testing, trying to bond it with living organisms. Eddie Brock, played by Tom Hardy, plays a reporter who works in San Francisco. They do mention that he did used to work for the Daily Globe, which, that's one connection to Spider-Man. He is, uh, the Daily Globe is a direct competitor of the Daily Bugle, which, if I remember correctly in the comics, Eddie Brock went and worked for the Globe briefly, so, after he got fired from the Daily Bugle, so I think that's where that comes into play and everything. Mm -hmm. Uh... The difference is is that in the comics, both Eddie and Peter work for the Daily Bugle. Eddie basically uh, creates falsified photos mm-hmm. to blame Get Spider-Man. Get me pictures of Spider-Man. Get me pictures of Spider-Man <laughs> uh, from JJ. Um, and uh, so he falsifies some photos to ba- basically make Spider-Man look like a criminal. Right. Um, and then these photos are found out to be fakes, so Brock gets fired. Because Jameson's like, I have never had to print a retraction in however many years. You're fired. Get out of here. You're a disgrace. Mm-hmm. So he blames Spider-Man for his failure, for everything, for his loss. Because in the comics, he's kind of a dick. Right. Like, he's very arrogant. Um, in the movie, he's made to be more like the nice guy who happens to have a lot of bad luck. Right. Um, yeah, I kind of felt that, definitely. Yeah, so it was a little weird. Because I, I was like, oh, I kind of like him. Yeah, I like and, his character. And Eddie's not really like that. Now, Eddie grows to be more, at, like, in the comics when he becomes the lethal protector, right. um, as he's known as, uh, he becomes a little bit more conscious to protect people as opposed to, you know, anything before that. And so that part you don't really get in the movie, which I'm a little disappointed about. But when Spider-Man rids himself of the suit... When he finds out as an alien in uh, the church bell tower that he goes to, because sound vibrations do hurt it, which I'm glad that they acknowledge that in the movie that sound vibrations and fire, even mm-hmm. though fire is just very briefly stated, um, are the two weaknesses of these creatures, which are now in the comics been identified as an alien race called the Clintar, um, and uh, so you know he sheds it because he sheds it the symbiote then has a resentment to Spider-Man and Peter. Like, mm-hmm. almost like a... You let me go. Almost like a relationship that ended and it's just yeah. like, you know, but I can't believe you dumped me. Yeah. So he finds Eddie, they and they bond because they have a mutual hatred to Spider-Man. Right. And I believe if it's actually in the books when he says, uh, uh, we're poison to you, and mm-hmm. that's why we call ourselves Venom. Venom. Because as far as I know, before that, the symbiote never had a name. Right. Or at least if it did, it was an alien name. It definitely wasn't Venom. Mm-hmm. While in the movie, it's just straight up calls itself Venom. Yeah, he Venom. says, I, my name is Venom. Yeah. Like, um, they, it looks like they all have... Um, personalities. Personalities. Yeah. They all have personalities, and they all call themselves by name. Yeah. So. As opposed to, like, the human host and them 
merging together and creating a name based oh, off yeah, of that. Oh, yeah, definitely. It almost seems like another personality in a way because just like when Venom was arguing with Tom Hardy, he was like, you're make, like when he had his hands up with the police, he's like, you're making us look ridiculous. He's like, yes, no, yes, no, yes. Like, yeah. they're arguing back and forth, which I thought... Um, I laughed. I thought it was it pretty was, funny. It I, was, I thought it was comical. And it was it was funny. <laughs> and, and it was enjoyable, but as a big Venom fan, I'm yeah. watching this, I'm like, that's not Venom. It's definitely like, not. I feel like it almost had, like, an, uh, I feel like it, I hate to say this, but I feel like it had almost a, just a, just a hint of Deadpool humor almost. A little it. bit, yeah. yeah and I, I think they tried. That. I think they tried to go that really? route. They're like, okay, well, this yeah. worked for Deadpool, so let's work it for us. Which, yeah. again, the humor parts were fine. Uh, and honestly, even the acting was fine. It just didn't feel like They're like, we'll Venom. just leave the dark and gritty to DC Universe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's basically, basically. what it seems like. So Eddie Brock breaks into this facility to try and take them down because he, as a reporter, he thinks the Life Foundation is doing all this shady shit based on what his uh, fiance had. She's a, a place, uh, played by Michelle. God, I can't remember her name right now. I feel really bad about it. She was on Dawson's Creek. It's Heath Ledger's ex. Why can't I think of it right now? Ooh, let's see who it is. I did not do my homework for this. Trusty Google. Trusty Google. I Are you talking about Michelle Williams? Michelle Williams, there yes. There you go. Plays Ann Wang, or at least has he calling her calling her Annie, which I thought it was just Anne in the comics, but I guess it's Annie. Annie Wang. Um, and uh, so he breaks in with the help of a scientist and find out that homeless people are being used to be tested with these symbiotes on. Right. And one of them breaks free, which happens to be the Venom symbiote, bonds with him, and basically he's on the run. He's Mm -hmm. on the run. The Life Foundation is trying to get it back. Uh, Interestingly enough, one of the other symbiotes tries to bond with a human host, but then dies. uh, With that same scientist, actually. But then dies. Like, the symbiote itself dies. Right, right. And, like, they don't really explain why. Just that it died right um and then the one that originally escaped makes its way to the life foundation and bonds with the owner basically the ceo of it and to be to reveal itself to be the the symbiote riot which who is uh dr carlton drake in yes the doctor, movie? yeah dr carlton drake or the character dr carlton drake and which is interesting to me because riot uh was created from venom Mm-hmm. So in the storyline of uh, separation anxiety, uh, the Life Foundation, same group, they actually take the Venom symbiote and make it spawn off five separate symbiotes. Right. And uh, Riot is one of them, mm-hmm. uh, along with Scream, Dirge, and two others, well, Lasher, and one more, and I can't remember the third. Was it Dirge that bonded with them when I asked you? In the I movie? thought it was Dirge, but it was Riot. Actually. Oh, it was Riot. Okay. Yeah. It was right, and it's led to believe that Riot is the leader of the army of the Clintar, mm. um, which is again not well, yeah. what it, what it was in the books. And again, I know they're going to take liberties. Yeah, I know that. and I and I remember uh, Venom saying, you know, back on my planet, I was considered a loser, much yeah. like you. Yeah, like and that's and why like, I like you. Yeah, like so it was kind of like. Venom's actually being bullied by Riot. No, which is also odd. which is also different from the comics because uh, the Venom symbiote actually, when it bonded with Peter as Spider-Man for the first time, was on Battle World during Secret Wars, mm-hmm. and at the time Peter didn't know what it was. But as it goes more to the history, you find out that the Venom symbiote actually went insane, so it was exiled to that planet mm-hmm. to be alone, and that's why it went crazy the way it did. Uh, so they took, again, they took a different spin right. on Venom himself as a character. And, uh, I will say this. And then, you know, battle ensues and, you know, so forth and so on. I'm not going to go into all the details of the movie, but well, I mean, it's, I, it's, a, it's a pretty generic comic book movie. Well, basically, I mean, you said you mentioned fire earlier. Fire and sound, of course, are mentioned, uh, with the weaknesses with Venom and yeah, the other all symbiotes. the symbiotes, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, well, fire is shown at the yeah. end of the movie when... Yeah. and they show know, sound several times affecting them right, as well. Right, yeah, so too. I just want to take a nod to that, because yeah. that is important at the end of the movie, so... It is. And, um, so, I want to talk about some things that worked, and things that didn't work, okay. in my opinion. I think, as far as, like, the look of Venom, 
it looked good. Right. Like the suit. It looked almost wet. It looked living. It didn't look like. It didn't look like Spider-Man 3, you it mean? It <laughs> definitely did not look like Spider-Man 3. Time. Definitely did not look like Spider-Man 3. Um, I will say I was missing the white spider on the chest in the back. Um, that well, really kind of makes the look of it. Now, he did have white veins. Okay. Like so stretching throughout I, I don't know if anybody else saw this because I saw it. And I don't know if I'm just going crazy. But, uh, yeah, there is a point towards the end of the movie where I did see almost like a white spider when they are having this battle scene where they're literally just tearing each other's... Like, Symbiote apart. Yeah, yeah, literally. And you see, like, this white symbol appear. I did see that. Oh, okay. I don't know. Like, I, I don't I know. I missed that. So, like, I was like, oh, did they actually show the white spider or not? Like, so, I don't know. I, w- I would like to see it at some point show up. <laughs> Even if it ends up being, like, a Eddie and the symbiote respect Spider-Man, so they're like, we need a symbol too, and then the symbiote creates right. the white spider on his chest. Whatever. I mean, I want to see it at some point. Right. On the chest, on the back. You don't have to do the black, the white uh, squares on the hands. That's fine. You don't have to do that. But I yeah. definitely want to I want to see it at some point. Um, so I think that worked well overall. The interaction between Eddie and Venom itself was a little weird at times. Uh, I liked it. I don't know, I know what you liked it, it. I don't know. I don't know what it is about it. I know. I know it's not comic book accurate, but I really, it was really entertaining to me to see the interaction between the two. Um, and, and at times, I will admit, it was a little awkward, especially when uh, Tom is talking to Venom and they're like, oh, is that a good guy, bad guy? And I feel like, oh, is Venom supposed to be a bad guy? Why does he care if it's a good guy well, or and a then, bad guy? And then later in comics, like I said, he becomes the lethal protector. So originally right. he starts off as a villain. That's what he does. He terrorizes people. He terrorizes Spider-Man, the people Spider-Man love. Mm-hmm. And then he realizes later he's like, okay, maybe I can be the good guy. Right. And so that's why he gets called the lethal protector. And he does move out to San Francisco and he basically tries to be a hero out there. Okay. Um, so I get it in that regard. Again, there are things that they pull from the comics. I'm like, all right, this is cool. Like, I, I like this. I like how they did it. Um, I think it works really well. Um, I like the, uh, there's a little sort of Easter egg. One of the symbiotes that they pull out is a red and yellow symbiote sw- swooshing around in a container unit. Yeah, I saw that. That is Scream. I was about to say, that has, because I looked at you, I was like, that has to be Scream. <laughs> it's got to be Scream, but they never do anything with it. Right. It just is kind of there. So I'm hoping maybe they save Scream for another movie. Or things like that. Mm-hmm. But as the post, or sorry, the mid credits scene shows, they're definitely setting up who the villain is for the third right. movie, which is, again, spoilers, we already warned you, Carnage. Carnage. Um, played by uh, Woody Harrelson. Right. Who shows up as a pretty good Cletus Cassidy. Right. Um, I was a little thrown off by his hair. But that's how it is in the comics. Because I've seen it other ways more. Like, I know it's red. It's a crazy, it's, like, red, red mop top. Yeah. yeah, but it usually, like, it, it almost looked like, they, I mean. And he definitely, again, well, he it definitely like, looked like he was wearing looked, a wig. It looked like a clown. It looked, it was like, it looked like he stole a wig off a it, clown. It wasn't, was it wasn't a great wig. I will say, I will admit, it wasn't a great <laughs> yeah. wig. But the fact that they still did the curly red hair, I'm like, all right, yeah. cool. I'm, I'm glad they did that. And he did look nuts. Yeah. So, in that regard, I'm glad, uh, I'm glad they did that. And, uh, you know, they pulled lines straight out of the comics, um, and I'm not doing it verbatim, but even when he goes after the one guy and he's like, uh, eyes, lungs, liver, pancreas, so many delicious organs, so little time. Like, he says that to Spider-Man in the mm-hmm. books. Uh, because, as the symbiote keeps saying, I'm hungry, 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 Venom does keep eating, and I don't know if they had retconned it in the comics, but I know when he first came out, like... Venom would eat the brains of people mm-hmm. to keep its its hunger at bay. And then it finds out later that chocolate gives it the same satisfaction as human brains. Which I thought was a nice little nod because when they go into the store... He's like, and what he's like, would suit your fancy? What, 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 would, what would satisfy you or whatever? Yeah. And, he's like, and he's like, tater tots and chocolate. And <laughs> yeah. I was just like, alright, cool. So they yeah. throw the little nod in. That's and awesome. like. Deep cuts, I mean, deep cuts Venom fans will know what that means. And yeah, like, oh, okay, right. shit. So it's like, all right, they're finding a way around it. Um, I like the fact that they showed the symbiotes eating without making it gory. Right. Um, I don't know if it even, honestly, it's like, I know there's an R-rated cut 
in the works for the DVD. Right. I don't even know if an R-rated cut is necessary. Again, I don't always think it's necessary to make something as vulgar as it possibly can be. I mean, he says shit and fuck quite a bit, too. Gore and things like that. And there's plenty of gore, too, especially when he gets stabbed in the chest at one point. Yeah, but it doesn't really show anything. It literally shows a blade go through his chest, and that's that's about the end of the story. But, uh, like, I don't feel it's necessary. Overall, like I said, I think it was good. Uh, of course, it wasn't accurate, but I don't feel the need that it has to be like like R rated for it to be a good film. And um, I will say, I will say, even though it didn't connect with Spider Man directly. Oh, and another thing too, the the one of the astronauts that, that was on the original shuttle, they said it's Jameson, which is Colonel John Jameson, who is mm-hmm. who is uh, the son of. J. Jonah Jameson from the Daily Bugle. So I like that little connection there right. as well. I feel like they added enough, like, a lot of things in there to make people happy, like, to that would know to be able to reference it back to the comics. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really like that they did that, and I feel like they tried to, like a lot of comic movies try to do, is combine a lot of things together to try to satisfy people, but also keep the storyline mm-hmm. going. I also like the fact that they get, we got a little we got a little cameo from uh, She-Venom mm-hmm. in the movie, too. Oh, I love which that. In yes, the books, that awesome. In the books, uh, Anne Wang, she gets uh, the Venom symbiote on her for a while, too, and mm-hmm. that happens in the movie as well. Right. I think it's done really well. It's just a little bit of a something, but it works. You know, again. Yeah, I agree. It's not too much, but it, it, it kind of just gets it across. It also didn't feel like it was that long of a movie. Like, it didn't. It felt I was like, wondering if you I'm, felt I'm gonna, the same I'm gonna way. I'm going to look up the runtime of it as we're talking. It didn't, but... because I felt like I didn't, I wasn't sure if it just uh, kept my attention so long. And I was yeah. like, oh, I really like this. This is good. And I was like, wow, it feels like it's, it's ended really like fast. Like, it, it, it moved along well. It didn't feel like it was, uh, it was just, it didn't feel like it dragged at all, no, personally. No, I agree. So, I mean, I just, I found that really interesting. Where's the runtime of this? 112 minutes. So if we did the math, that's about a little... Well, and the credits were long. So I'm going to say that was about 10 minutes worth of credits. Uh, so about an hour and a half. It's about yeah. an hour and a half flick. Um, which is surprising. Like, And I felt like maybe... Wait, so how many minutes was 112? it? 112. 112, yeah. yeah so it's mean, a little over an hour and a half. It's about yeah. an hour and 40 minutes. Yeah, that's about... It's almost two hours, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, it's it didn't feel like it, though. Yeah. It, felt, it was I, definitely... I could say that, yeah. Okay. Either way, um, like and like I said, I felt like the movie really entertained. I really liked Tom Hardy as uh, Venom, and you know, I thought Eddie. he did a pretty good job. As, I, as I Eddie. just I don't know. I just really love like the the go between between like and again, I know it's not true. Well, Venom, but I, I just really liked it. it. It ends up feeling more like Venom towards the end of the movie. Right. Once they become like they that once they realize they need each other and they yeah. start to work together. It feels more like that Eddie Venom mm. relationship to one another, right? And in that regard, you know, yeah, I started to like it more in that way. I will say this: comparative to Spider-Man Three, this movie's a fucking knockout. <laughs> this right. movie's amazing, definitely. Uh, this is what this is the Venom we should have gotten back then. Mm-hmm. And as far as like how it looked, how he interacted, I will say like the way this like I I thought the this I wasn't sure how the symbiote head was going to look. Mm-hmm. And it, th- it didn't really look hokey. Like I thought it actually worked pretty well. Right. They didn't overdo it with the tongue. Uh, the teeth kind of look cool. They're almost like shark teeth. Like they were like layers of teeth. Right. In the mouth, I thought it was kind of cool. Um, overall, it, I will say what's a little what was definitely different in this movie as opposed to like what's in the books is that when a when a wear when a host is wearing the symbiote, they're not wearing clothes. The symbiote will turn itself into clothes and can actually mask itself into whatever. It shapeshifts. Mm-hmm. It look like whatever the hell it wants. So the fact that they made this like go into their bloodstream instead and like reside in their body was definitely different. Right. Um, in that regard. Not a bad thing, mm-hmm. just not what I was expecting. It's almost like a werewolf, because you know how like there's movies where there's werewolves and they turn into a werewolf, but then when they turn back they have clothes on still and I'm like, How yeah. does that how does that happen? <laughs> In a way, yeah, I guess I guess you got a you got a valid point there. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. But yeah, um I mean overall uh, okay, so if, I mean, you have anything else? Oh, and I think that's about it. I think we basically covered it. Yeah, I mean, again, like I said, I, I 
I don't know. I, I'm never really a person to say like a, a lot of negativity about any comic movie because I go in very open-minded, you know, trying to see, okay, I know this isn't going to be perfect, but I'm still going to try to enjoy it no matter right. what. And there's very few movie, movies that really I'm just like, oh my God, I don't care for this. Like, mm-hmm. forgive me, but Batman versus Superman. I was it's, like, this yeah. is bad. It is. I don't it is. like it. <laughs> and it's not knocking anybody who likes that movie. Yeah. Like, like whatever you want to like. But it is, of course, it is, yeah. It is not a good movie. Yeah. It's just like, yes, even as anybody who's like, oh, well, you're a Marvel fan. Well, Iron Man 3 is not a great movie. Right. It's probably yeah. the worst one of all of them. And, and Marvel is not doing well in the live TV thing, depending on the show you're watching. So right. compared to DC. Definitely. So everybody's clearly got their opinions, but yeah. So if you had to, um, if you had to rate it on a scale of one to 10 in, in, in not as a movie, but as a comic book movie. Oh, that's hard. What would you put it at? And usually with the scale we, we've used in the past is like Dark Knight seems to be like the pinnacle mm-hmm. of comic book movies as the general consensus. I know there are people who don't think that. The general consensus, that's like the pinnacle of it. And like we use bottom tier, we use Suicide Squad. That's just oh, complete Jesus. shit. Yeah. So, I uh, wouldn't, I, and I can't give my opinion about Suicide Squad because I haven't seen it, but what I have seen of it, it looks awful. Again, I know there's a lot of people out there who love that movie. I have seen so many people cosplay Harley from yes, that movie. I literally, if I had a dollar for every time I saw one, I would be able to I'd be able to afford lunch every day. <laughs> so, I mean, again, I know there's some people who love that movie. But either way, what would you put Venom at? Uh, I don't know. This is a hard question. Is it? It's hard for I me. would put Venom, um, again, this is coming out as a comic book fan. But as a as a comic book movie, movie in general, altogether tied in, I could I honestly I could safely put Venom at a seven point five eight. I would put it around. I there. was gonna say around a seven. Seven. Okay. That's a. I mean, because again, I know there was some points that weren't accurate, but I really liked it. So. Okay. Awesome. Well. Uh, so there you have it, our review of Venom. Uh, if you haven't had a chance to see it, go see it. Let us know what you thought. If you have seen it, also let us know what you thought. Uh, drop a line either on the Facebook page for the podcast or the community of the podcast and let us know. We'd love to hear your thoughts on it as well. All right, guys, well, that does it for the main topic for this episode. So it's time to move on to the question of the week. All right, guys, so the question of the week for this week, I have to think of something. And since we're doing movies, I'm like, hey, let's stay in the vein of movies question of the week this week was what video game franchise would you like to see hollywood take seriously do you want to start Ooh, yeah since i'm a gamer i guess i'll i'll start this question off all right um i and i would have said castlevania or something like that but with netflix doing the animated mm-hmm. show i feel like that's okay let's already... let's let's be very specific yeah. then. live action mm. a live action take very seriously uh, video game franchise turn into movies. We all know what they've done with Assassin's Creed, Warcraft, things like that. Right. Some good parts, some were good parts, some were bad. Some movies were good. In general, some movies were just horrible. <laughs> um, depending on what it is. Uh, Blood Rain was not a good Super movie. Super Mario Brothers. Oh my god. Yeah. That's just like the, yeah. probably the worst of the worst. Uh, but, uh, so what What would you want to see? Like, but I mean, like, so, so you have the power. To walk into Hollywood and be mm-hmm. like, I want this to be made, but it needs to be made legit. Right. What would you do? So, I'm going to say two. Two okay. different ones. Because at the same time, that could be such a blessing and a curse. Because for a video game franchise that I love, and yeah, I know you say this has to be done right. But even when they've tried to do it right, things get destroyed. Um, two would be, again, Castlevania. I really love... Uh, that video, I played a lot of the Castlevania games growing up, and I love vampire movies, so I would love to see them do something live action with Castlevania. Uh, my second one, um, again, before you go into your second one, based on a specific game of Castlevania or just stuck in that world? Stuck in that world because there's so much storyline to okay. cover. I wouldn't mind seeing what they did. Like I, I really like. Limit of Innocence, just because okay. I like the storyline. Okay. But, I mean, I would love to see what they would do with that, just in general. Um, the other one, again, is more sticking to the dark themes, would be Devil May Cry. Okay. So, those are my two, you know, I love the gritty, like, slasher or 
gothic kind of video games that have that kind of theme to it. So, I mean, either one. I would hate to see either one of them destroyed Well, this Hollywood. is what I'm saying. Like, okay, we're, we're going to assume that that's <laughs> yeah. not going to happen. Okay. Um, okay, right on. I could, I could roll those. If it were for me, Legend of Zelda. But I, it has to be a trilogy. Cannot be a single movie. Has to be a trilogy. I thought of that, but I was like, you know what? How hard would that be, though? I don't think it would be hard. You put it in the hands of someone like Peter Jackson, who has done, clearly done an epic like oh, God, Lord, Lord of the Rings, Rings, The Hobbit, things like that that make it work. Warcraft overall was I really not liked a, it. it was not a bad movie. Now it has its issues, but it's not a bad movie. And I think as long as you put it in a very capable director who who has a love of fantasy, not even just video games, has a love of fantasy uh, and can, you know, whether Peter Jackson is directly involved or not or but just have Weta Works his his company like be behind it to like mm-hmm. do the the prop work for it and everything too. I think it could turn out to be really great. Um, as far as like which game series to be based off of Legend of Zelda, ideally... Majora's Mask. Hell no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> ideally, probably Twilight Princess I would Definitely. love to see. Uh, I think Twilight Princess could work really well as a cinematic movie. Has my movie. vote. Yes. Okay. I really like Twilight Princess. Alright guys, that does it for the question of the week. And if you guys uh, have an opinion, again, let us know about that. Next time we put up our next question of the week, please feel free to chime off. We'll read your answers on the show. Give you a shout out as well um, for it as, uh, you know, so let you know, hey, we're listening, we're reading, we're, we're checking it out. We're always seeing, all seeing, all hearing. Yeah. Because we're always on the internet. <laughs> that's, and that's what it boils down to. Alright guys, well that does it for this episode. Uh, it's going to wrap things up and we're back. Like I said, we're back. Uh, thank you so much, Skylar, for joining me um, for this episode. And I hope we can get you for future episodes. And like I said, we're going to get more guest uh, hosts to come in every now and then. Uh, joining in on us. I think it'll be fun. I'm so, I'm so, so, so happy to be back again, you guys. Uh, remember, as always... You can check us out online on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash The Empire Geeks Back. You can also go to our podcast page at www.facebook.com slash The Empire Geeks Back Podcast. Uh, it's all there. And you can follow me personally. I'm on Facebook. You can follow me on my art page at facebook.com slash Rob Bertiano Art. Uh, you can also follow me on Instagram at uh, instagram.com slash Rob Bertiano. Uh, where can they find you online? Yeah, um, so Instagram right now. I'm working, putting in the works to do a Facebook page for cosplay and all kinds of cool stuff. But yeah, you can find me at Skyloren, and that's S K Y L O R E N X for all good nerdy stuff and cosplay. <laughs> that's right. All right, guys. Again, thank you so much. Uh, happy as hell to be back. We'll see you guys next time. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. Yeah.